Good morning. Uh, it's always a, a great blessing to be here at NBC. It's like coming home. <laughs> it's kind of nice. And being in family. And uh, yeah, I think I firstly just like to say a massive thank you um, to you uh, as our, our biggest supporters. Um, of uh, Operation Restoration over the years. Um, and thank you for your continued support, both financially and in prayer and encouragement and everything else that you give us. Um, we wouldn't be able to do half of what we do without you. Uh, we really appreciate your partnership with us over 20-plus years now. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to continuing with that. Everybody keeps asking us. I think it must be the grey hairs. They ask us, when are you retiring? Um, and we kind of say, well, mm, it's not on our, on our bucket list to retire yet. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we're, while we're able, we will be, continue to serve the Lord through Operation Restoration in Bolivia. And we've, we've had an amazing journey over, I think I just put on Facebook yesterday, the, we just celebrated 34 years. You, 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 Ian got one more than we were really, but that's okay. And next year, 35 years. 34 years since we first arrived uh, in Bolivia on the 23rd of January 1990. Uh, we lived pretty much full-time there for 29 years, uh, up until January 2019, so we must have known the pandemic was coming or something. The Lord helped us to do that transition before we got forced to. Um, and then uh, we continue to, to support the work there. Um, I'm down there at least three times a year. Aisha accompanies me on at least one of those visits each year, each year as well. At the same time, supporting family and grandchildren and everything else that comes with this end of life. So we just want to thank you for the amazing support that you have given us over the years and we pray that we can continue to partner together. And today I'm going to be telling a few stories that are kind of hard and difficult. I'm just scanning the room to make sure that I can... Yeah, I won't be using names because we are live streaming. Um, so if I do, it's a mistake. Um, please uh, don't share that name. Uh, but I'll be talking about some very deep issues that we continue to, to learn about and work through as we work with these young people in Bolivia. So as it says up there, we work with children living on the streets of Bolivia. Um, generally, they're between the ages of 8 and 17. Uh, when we get them into the homes, we work with between 350 to 500 on the streets at any one time. Um, but we never managed to fill our homes uh, because of addiction issues and other issues that they suffer on the streets because of abuse and so on. Bolivia has grown from, I used to put 8 million up there and say it was the same as London um, back in the 90s, but it's now over 12 million. So we've had an increased population by 50%. And it's four and a half times the size of the UK, but still continues to be one of the poorest countries. Well, it is the poorest in South America. I think Venezuela is going to beat us there soon. Uh, they seem to be doing everything they can to do that. But at the same time, Bolivia is in a very precarious economic 
condition at the moment where our economy could collapse at any moment. So we're, we're praying that that won't happen because it will have quite a severe effect on the ministry. Um, but at the same time, we are controlled sometimes by things outside of our control, um, uh, politically and economically. Um, but uh, so far, we're surviving and we're doing okay. The ministry is running well. Bolivia, not so well, is how I usually put it. So we start, obviously, with our, our work on the streets. And as I say, under the streets, very often uh, the majority of the, the um, children and teenagers that we work with live in the storm drains under the roundabouts in the city, in the canals that are the storm drains. Um, that, that's where they are until it rains, obviously, which is rainy season now, and they have to get out of there pretty quick uh, when that happens because it can go up to about three feet of water in about half an hour um, in, the, in the rainy season. So they look for shelter elsewhere, but generally they will live under the streets in these communities, uh, living a very unhealthy life. I always say I can't bring smell-o-vision because smell-o-vision, you would understand that that is also their living area as well as their bathroom. Uh, so it can be pretty, pretty difficult to be down there. Uh, but we do have our street outreach team and we work together with another um, ministry now on the streets encouraging these children to come off. Anchor of Hope, we'll talk about them a little bit further down. They're also on the streets. This would be 10 o'clock in the morning. Most of their activity, because it's involving drugs, crime, violence, and so on, is usually nocturnal. So this would be 10 in the morning when they're all sleeping off the night before. Um, you can see the squeegee there laying on the, uh, on the sidewalk. Uh, that's one of their legal ways of earning some money, is cleaning windscreens uh, at the traffic lights at the roundabouts above where they live underneath so they do do some legal activity as well um, and then we have this is Giovanna who's our, our primary street worker uh, who has her cell phone number her mobile phone number uh, painted on the walls in the drains for them to call if they ever need help uh, and they contact her regularly when that happens um, we're seeing that the main problem of encouraging them off the streets is deeper and deeper addiction issues. Um, and when they first come in, they very often leave uh, and go out again and, and then come back and then leave. And it's addiction that is their main difficulty. But we invite them to come in first to our reception home, Toborochi. These are our four latest <clears throat> uh, which, I, as I say, I can't name. I'll just say, say L, L, J, and S. Um, uh, uh, the, our latest ones in. Um, the young lady there came back after being away for about 10 months. She just suddenly appeared at our reception house in December. Um, and she was a, a, a young lady who really rejected the things of God. Very, very strongly and it was very interesting that while I was there um, I was having breakfast with her and some of the other girls uh, in our reception house and uh, she, she pointed to this on my wrist and she said what's that and I said well this is um, 
a little bracelet that Sarah, one of our other girls, made, S, sorry, yeah, made for me about two years ago. And, and the girls know if they, they put one of these on my wrist, I will pray for them every day. And the interesting thing was, although I don't actually physically have it on now, she made me one within a day and a half. And this was a girl who rejected the things of God very strongly a year ago. Um, I do have her bracelet. I have to repair it and put it on again. But I have it with me and I carry it with me all the time and remember to pray for her too. The other difficulties we have, uh, Jay, one of those three lads, is just 11 years old. And we're beginning to see some, some deepening ab- abuse issues uh, with some of these youngsters. This young lad um, has need of surgical intervention to repair damage done to him physically through sexual abuse. I probably don't need to say more. Um, and this is one of the things, when we think we've seen it all, we discover that we haven't, uh, and we, we face another situation. Uh, we're trying to get the authorities to, to do forensic um, uh, checks on him before we do that, but they're not willing to pay, so we're having that done ourselves, uh, so that we have a record of the abuse that he's suffered Uh, before we do the surgical interventions. These are the extras that come with with running homes um, of our type, Uh, the extra extra costs that come in and the extra traumas that we deal with through our psychologists, through prayer and through ministry to these young people. So be praying for Jay. Uh, He really needs it. He's now in El Camino, our boy's home which is 22 miles out of the city. We have uh, five and a half acres of land there. If you do acres, if not, it's two hectares. If you're met, no, I don't know which we do here now. I mean, we still do miles to the gallon, but by in litres, I still don't understand that, but here we are. Um, But we see the difference once they come in, the smiling faces. I always say with the the boys' home, food and football, and you're good. (laughs) You've got good food... And, and we have our own football pitch there, food and football, and you'll keep them smiling for a long time. As long as food's good, of course, you know, but they have plenty of it. I'm always amazed that when they ask for seconds, yeah, which they do, the boys, uh, they always want just a plate of rice. And I'm thinking, wow, gosh, and there's all this lovely meat and lentils and I don't know what, but they always just want rice. But we see these boys coming through. We have 16 boys in our, in our boys' home with a capacity for 40. So, as I say, it's not a lack of space that limits us. It's trying to get them to come off the streets. That's the limiting factor. But these two guys graduated high school uh, in, just in December. When I was there, I was able to be at both their graduations at two different schools on two different days. Um, but uh, seeing them finish uh, that milestone in their lives was really encouraging, and we'll talk a bit more about them in a second. Uh, Girls' Home is uh, 17 miles out of town, always five miles away from the boys. I always have to mention that, just in case anybody thinks they're next door. They're not, and never will be. (laughs) Um, Beautiful, quiet place off the main road, Um, or, or at least it's normally quiet as long as the girls aren't having issues again. 
me being a male, I'm not sure, but I walk into the house and sometimes it all seems really nice and everybody's getting on and then another time I walk in and there's this kind of tension in the place. And I don't know what it is with teenage girls, but they seem to have to have their BFF, their best friend forever, um, but it doesn't usually last forever. So, <laughs> so they have their issues. M. She's been coming in and out of our home since 2018, as it says there, and she'll finish high school at the end of next year. Um, she is still struggling. She still has uh, difficulties staying, um, but she does talk about the Lord in her life, and we'll talk a little bit more about her in a second as well. But one of the things that has always marked my memory in many ways is that when our social worker that we have on our team visits her home situation, she's an orphan of mum and dad, so she's lived in an extended family situation um, with with cousins and uncles, aunts and babies and children and all sorts of things. Our social worker has very specifically said on various occasions that her home is worse than the streets. And so it's very difficult for her to, to because she's an orphan as well, to, to be able to see that restoration in her life has been very, very tough. Even this year, she came back in March just before her 17th birthday. Um, and in September, she had a day out. But the amazing thing, we always maybe criticise social media and all these things, but... But Aisha and I had the privilege of going to the global leadership gathering of, of Youth with a Mission, our mission in Thailand in September. And while we were sitting in Bangkok airport on our way back from that conference, I was able to chat with her while she was out of the home and encourage her to come back. So even from Bangkok, we were able to, to help her. And she came back the next day and she's, she's settled back in and she seems to be doing well. So keep praying for M. L and the young baby C. Uh, she was with us um, in December 2022, um, not knowing she was pregnant. She'd been, she was with us for about a week. Um, and then she found out she was pregnant and ran. She left the home probably trying to escape her reality, which is difficult in that condition. Um, but she was on the streets. She came back to us when she was five months pregnant. She left again two weeks before um, she was due to have the baby uh, in the hope that she could involve the father in the process. Uh, but he didn't want to know. And she went into labor while she was on the streets. But immediately cont- contacted our team, our leaders, got involved and helped her access the, the care she needed in the maternity hospital. And we weren't convinced that if she came back, she would stay. But we're thankful that she did. She came back with the little one and she's stayed and she seems very solid. She's a great girl and she's doing very, very well. So, But keep praying for her because it doesn't seem to take much to trigger a negative response sometimes with these youngsters. This is our, as I could say, our reintegration home. This is once they finish high school and go to university. Um, R, 
it's difficult not using names, I know them so well, uh, but he's finishing his civil engineering degree this year. He's been with us for 15 years. This is how well we know these youngsters. They've been with us a long time. Um, he's also been organising a, a national football championship because he's a very passionate footballer. Um, and if you, you could connect with him on Facebook if you want. He put a reel up yesterday about it on, on Facebook. So D and J. D came to us uh, in about the end of 2017 and to be quite honest, our faith level was pretty low with this guy because he was one of the roughest and toughest coming off the streets and, and we didn't really think he was going to do very well. But he, he, I think he only left once and came back. He battled with his addiction issues through the first few months he was with us but has come through, graduated high school last year and has uh, now finished his first year of psychology in university and is determined to carry on with that career path, and he's doing really, really well. Uh, he's also uh, was baptised <clears throat> last year, and is also teaching in Sunday school in a local church and everything, so involved in church life. Jay has been doing computer technology, but he's decided to suspend his career uh, and go into the military to do his military service for a couple of years, um, it suits him. I think he'll enjoy it. I think he'll have a great time. And then he'll come back and finish his career afterwards. But he's just gone in, just in the last 10 days, he went into the military. So These are the two that graduated in December. Um, a is uh, going to be doing psychology. And uh, R is going to be uh, doing agriculture in university. So they've just moved into our reintegration home this month. And this is A. He's just uh, received um, an 80% sports scholarship with the Bolivian Evangelical University um, because he's been playing football for their university team for the last two and a half years. He's that good. So uh, he's, um, it's quite interesting. We've had, when we get youth teams come down to Bolivia and... and um, come and visit the boys' home, we've quite often had um, footballers that think they're pretty good. Our boys run circles around them. They really do because they play together every day. Uh, so this is yeah, him getting... This is the guy from the university on the left and, and our, the, um, our psychologist, actually, and one of our leadership team on the right. Moving on to the young ladies... Um, v has just finished her third year of dentistry in the State University. Um, she, we had an interesting time in December because I get my dental work done in Bolivia now. Uh, rather than trying to find an NHS dentist, I'm told it's pretty difficult. We haven't even tried yet. So we still get our dental work done there. And we found out that the, our dentist happens to be the president of the, of the College of orthodontists or something, I don't know, one of those. He's very high up, has his own building now and everything else. So when I went um, for my, uh, my treatment with, with my dentist, I, I said to, to V, nearly, to come with me. She said, yeah, that'd be great. So now she has about 50 photos of the inside of my mouth <laughs> uh, and knows my mouth way better than I do. 
Um, he was very good because he was helping her. So it was every five minutes we'd be stopping, you know, poking around and saying, you need a photo of this, you need a photo of that. And, and uh, of course, for V, it was a great opportunity to have a selfie with the, with the, um, you know, the president of the College of Orthodontists to show off to her, her fellow students in university. She's also been with us for 15 years. She's the younger sister of R, who's going to be a civil engineer this year. Um, E studied graphic design um, and became independent uh, just a couple of months ago. Sadly, she's not doing so well. Um, She's now pregnant, uh, but we're trying to give her the support that we can. Um, uh, It doesn't seem like the... The father is going to take any responsibility other than some economic responsibility. Uh, So please be praying for her. She's going through quite a tough time at the moment. S, um, back in uh, December, well, in 2022, she went through a pretty major crisis because her father passed away. Um, And because of that, she left the home, having been with us for quite a long time. She left the home with her daughter. Um, and she got pregnant during the time she was away. We encouraged her back in December 2022. She was about to graduate high school, um, and while I was visiting uh, there, she tried to take her own life because her brother was in such a mess and decided not to come to her graduation um, as an alcoholic and so on. But the Lord is very gracious. We've seen the Lord do amazing things in this girl's life in this last year. She started going to a church um, with the house parent of the reintegration home, who is actually a girl who was rescued off the streets through Operation Restoration in 1994 um, and has now been with us um, as a worker for some years. She's... Uh, S came to know the Lord in a very radical way. She's been doing uh, a leadership training course with the church. She got baptized on the 17th of December. Uh, And she has a really close relationship with the Lord. It was amazing just to sit down with her and talk to her about life and, and, and other things and challenges she still has with her brother and her sister and, uh, and other things in her life. But it was great to see what the Lord is doing in her. And when I said that I was going to go and visit Anchor of Hope, which is the ministry we partner with, she wanted to come with me specifically to meet this young lady, H. A year ago, December 2022, H uh, was with us. Uh, with her little girl, as you can see there, and looking pretty, pretty healthy. Soon after that, she left. Uh, she left the baby um, with her, the father's family. She's, just, she's only just 14 now. Uh, so she was 13 when she had the little one. Um, and on the right photo, you can see the same H with S, um, in a completely messed up condition on cocaine, uh, super drugged up, and we're hoping that at some point she will take the decision to come off the streets and come back to the home. Our team continues to work with her. We're all praying for her. We all, in our newsletters, we often share her story. One of the things that is really hard to believe 
is her, her history. She has no baseline. Um, she, she is also an orphan of mum and dad. She was brought up by her grandparents. I say brought up by her grandparents. Sadly, her grandparents, um, because of poverty, um, prostituted her out from the age of three. Um, so there's no moral baseline, there's no understanding of right and wrong, there's no understanding of, of unconditional love that we try to offer these children. Um, and so she's very volatile in the sense of taking radical, rapid decisions without thinking them through, uh, and obviously has very deep behavioural issues, not only because of her past, but now because of a very heavy consumption of drugs. Please be praying for H. If you want some of the names afterwards, do please uh, ask me, and I'll be happy to share. But it was great to see S wanting to be uh, involved in sharing her experience with other young girls on the streets and in our home. These two, the back of the five there, M and V, we've already talked about M, um, who I messaged from Bangkok, and V, who's the third year in dentistry. Uh, they've been doing a, a Youth with a Mission Summer of Missions program in Bolivia, and they're actually on their outreach at the moment, one is on a team in Tarija in the south of Bolivia, that's M, and V is on a, an outreach in Cochabamba in the centre of Bolivia. So they've had two weeks of Bible training and two weeks of, of practical ministry within churches and street evangelism. And just this last week I received a video from M uh, where she was super excited about sharing a testimony and giving out and sharing with people on the streets and it's just transformed her. So we're really blessed to have been able to um, put them into that, that one-month program. Yes, I'm not sure how the clock's doing, Liz. I saw that glance. Well, how much time have I got? <laughs> Five minutes. Yeah, it's going to be quick. We only share. We don't preach. Remember, we whammers, Yeah. So, and there's just a group photo. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but as we're, I don't know. I always kind of reflect at this time of year, being a new year, 2024, uh, and also celebrating the 34 years since we first landed in Santa Cruz. It often draws me back to some of the, uh, the words that the Lord has given us over the years. And it's very possible I've shared some of this here before, but I don't apologize for that. I, I, I believe that the Lord gives us certain life verses that he brings us back to on, on regular occasions to remind us of, of the walk that we've had through life with him. And one of the verses that he gave us during our first year in Bolivia was Isaiah 54, verses 2 to the first part of 4. And it says this, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. <laughs> you will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. 
And there's so much in those verses. The, the first part is always that when we were, the Lord was launching us into that ministry, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. I'll go back to this, this because this is the verse behind the girls there, actually. Um, in Spanish, it says, no te limites, when it says do not hold back. Do not limit yourself, literally. Yeah, do not hold back. No te limites, do not limit yourself. Lengthen your cords, grow, stretch out, move on with the Lord. Strengthen your stakes. Learn from the past and remember what the Lord has already done. Strengthen your stakes. Don't forget the past. We need to learn from our past. It seems that humanity doesn't do that very well, looking at the state of the world today. But we need to learn from the past. And then the promise is, for you will spread out to the right and the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. That's the other thing that limits us more than anything else is fear of moving forward with the Lord, fear of that next step of faith. And even at my age, which I, I drew my pension last year, just so that gives you a clue, doesn't it? Um, we still feel that the Lord is pushing us to take new steps of faith. We, we, we haven't finished. God's not finished with us yet because we're still here. But we need to recognize it's the Lord's work. 1 Corinthians 3, 7 is another verse that the Lord gave me just recently. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. We are just instruments in his hands. We are called to sow. The harvest is his. And this is what we've seen. And I say to, say to our staff team very often that when we see these miracles like S and V and R and, and these young people that I've shared about this morning, God does his work despite us. We make mistakes, we mess up, we damage the relationships. We have to ask forgiveness from these young people because we mess up sometimes. But God still does his work. And it, as it says here, but only God, only God makes things grow. And one last verse, Psalm 126, verse 5 those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. I always struggle with this bit. <laughs> I always leave Bolivia pretty much in tears. But at the same time, they're not only tears of pain, but they are tears of joy. May the Lord bless you and thank you for all that you do with this ministry. And I'll leave you with that photo of all the youngsters. Thank you. May the Lord bless you.